Oh. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Well, that's what I got my eyes on, the day that he makes all things new. And every day it's an opportunity for him to make something new in our lives. Hallelujah. Don't ever lose sight of that. You know, we're going to be glorified one day. If we, if we know the Lord, we're going to go be with him, and he's going to make everything new. But the hope, the hope in you right now is that every day, Little bits and pieces, God can make us new. God can change us. He can transform us day by day so that we're more like Him. That's what the hope is. The hope of glory, Christ in us, living in us. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Not time to preach, but I'm ready. All right. I want to read you a passage of Scripture. Ephesians 2. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple of the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. When we come together, man, that's what it's all about. This is a dwelling place for God in the Spirit, because each one of us is a dwelling place for God. He lives in our hearts. Yes. We come together and we begin to worship corporately. The Spirit moves and Amen. good things happen when we're in yes. God's presence. Amen? Amen. Oh, man, don't hold back. Yes. Let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Sing, clap, tap your feet, dance a little, whatever you want to do. Amen. Just enjoy the Lord. Yes. Because we're supposed to be like little children, right? <laughs> little children aren't worried about all that. They'll dance. They'll, they'll have a good time. They don't worry about it. So if you see me shaking a leg, don't get excited. I'm just having a good time in the Lord. I try not to dance because I dance like Elaine on Seinfeld, you know. <laughs> you know so you don't see me doing dancing, but, I, but I'll, I'll shake. I'll have a good time. So, Lord, this morning, we invite you to come. Yes. And we ask, Lord, that you help us to get our eyes on you yes. and to keep our eyes on you, to keep our thoughts on you, Lord. This morning, we choose by our act of will, we choose to worship you. We choose to focus on you. Yes. So for this next time that we're together, Lord, for however long it is, an hour and a half, two hours, whatever it may be now, Lord, yes, we ask that you come and be here, and we're going to worship you. We're going to get our minds on you. We're going to exalt you. Yes. Come and change us, Lord. Speak to us. Yes. Each one of us, speak to us. Hallelujah. Change us and transform us into yes. your image, Lord, in your presence. Thank you, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's stand and worship.
ought to make me this morning as we as we just stay in your presence that's our prayer Lord that you would change us make us more like you we want to be transformed Lord from glory to glory in your presence so we're choosing to give you a time right now where you can speak to each one of us Lord speak the words that we need to hear Lord for 
each one of us who has issues, maybe it's a physical need or emotional need, maybe we've been hurt or wounded, maybe things are all messed up in our life and we don't know what to do, but you have the answers, Lord. You have the answers that we need. One word from you can calm the storm. One word from you can, can set us free from an addiction. One word from you can heal our brokenness of our hearts. You can heal relationships. You can, you can restore our finances, Lord. Because you do all things well. That's what they said about the Lord Jesus when he walked there among men. The Pharisees gave that report back to their bosses. They said, man, we don't know what to tell you. The God does all things well. And he's still doing all things well today. But whatever you need today, the Lord is here to speak to you, to touch you, to change you. There's no reason to go away with an unmet need today. Call on the Lord. Right now, where you sit, as an individual, just say, Lord, you know my heart. You know that situation. I need you. I need you, Lord. I need you to speak words of life over that situation. Change it. Change me. Will you let him do that? As Carol plays, I'm just going to encourage you. Just, just, just be in the Lord's presence. Just breathe in the presence of the Lord. He's, his Spirit is here. Just receive. I thank you that you are the great I am. You're not trying to figure it out. You've got it all figured out. You're not trying to figure out how to heal something. You've already provided for our healing on those stripes on the back of Jesus, your blessed son. You're not trying to figure out how to deal with our problems because you know everything beginning to end. You know exactly how to handle every situation in our life, every circumstance, every relationship, every wound in our heart. You know everything about us. So Lord, we just lay it all out before you. And we invite you, come. Reach your hands just so gently into each one of us, right into the very depth of our hearts, Lord. Just touch our hearts with those hands that when you laid hands on people they were always healed lay hands on our hearts this morning Lord take away that heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh change us so we can think hear 
and speak like you, Lord Jesus. Give us your mind so that we'd be like you everywhere we go. The light and the love of Jesus Christ will flow out of us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for hearing our prayer. Thank you for your presence this morning, Lord. Continue. Continue to speak to us throughout the rest of this time this morning, Lord. You, you have my permission to do anything, everything you want to do. We are here to honor you, Lord. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. And we've got a special. Change me, oh God. Make me more like you. Change me, oh God. Hallelujah. Wash me through and through. A clean heart so that I I may worship you hallelujah change me oh God hallelujah make me me through and through created me a clean heart so that I Hallelujah. I need you to change me. Mm. Hallelujah. Oh, change me like only you can. Oh, change me. Yes, Jesus. Change me. Hallelujah. I need you to change me. Hallelujah. Oh. Change me, oh, change me, yes, Jesus, like only you can, hallelujah, I need you to change me, hallelujah, let him change you, oh, yes, hallelujah, I need you to change me. Mm, Jesus, change me, oh yeah, change. 
talking about wounds of the soul and last week we started into a new a new area talking about uh, God renewing us so your your soul that's uh, that's who you are it's the inner inner man that's everything about you that's how you you think and how you feel your mind you know your will and your emotions and those are all things that are they're okay you know, it doesn't, emotions are, are part of our life. So we shouldn't be fearful to have emotions. Oh. Okay. That's okay. So I've just been officially informed that our AC is not working well. You probably already figured that out. Uh, it was cold earlier this morning, but... Uh, We'll just, what's that? Talk fast, okay. Um, come on. So, 
So the deal is, your inner man, your inner man, your soul, it, it gets wounded when, when we sin or when people sin against us, it, it affects us and it leaves like marks or wounds in our, in our heart and our soul. And so you, you may not realize that, but all the reasons you think this is just the way I am, because when someone says something to you, you get mad, and, or someone says something to you, and you get, you get uh, real bitter. Someone comes up and wants to hug you, and you're like, ooh, I don't want you touching me, because someone hurt me once before, and I don't want, I don't want to be hurt again. All of those reactions, are, they're because you have a wound in your soul. And you might not have ever recognized that before, but nonetheless, that's what's going on. You have wounds in your soul, and they need to be healed. And the way it works, this doesn't have anything to do with your salvation. I mean, you, when you get saved, you're born again, but, but you still, your old man is part of your life, and some of those things that happen in your, in your life have left marks on you, they left, left wounds in you. So when, when you begin to pray and ask the Lord, show me, show me these things, and he reveals them to you, then you can, you can confess them as sin, because that's when, let me back up just a little bit. So when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, it was like they took the keys to the entire earth and they handed them over to the devil and said, you, you can take control now. Because that's, that's what happened. God put them as the designated authority to rule and reign over the earth and have dominion over the earth. And as long as they were obeying God, they were operating in his delegated authority. When Satan came along and deceived them, he basically stole the keys. And, and so what God is wanting to do is give us the keys back. And it happens as we recognize areas in our life that the enemy is controlling, areas in our life that he has the keys to. That might be new and strange to some of you, but it's the truth. And Jesus said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. He's trying to restore all that we lost in the fall. And in this life, it's probably going to happen in, in little bits and pieces and steps along the way. It's not going to happen all at once, but, but we should be pursuing that change in our life. And so uh, I think it was really cool that Lydia sang a song about change because that's what we're really talking about, change. We want God to change us. We make ourselves available to him. He will change us. So last week we talked about Samuel. He said... Um, they wanted to make uh, Saul the king, and he said, let's, go, let's all go over there as a nation. Let's go over to Gilgal and renew the kingdom. And I was telling you all the things about Gilgal. It was the place where it was just inside the promised land. You know, they, they came into the promised land, and, uh, and they reinstated the covenant with God, and they, they did the Passover, and they, they got the stones out of the middle of the Jordan River. I mean, all these things happened at Gilgal, and it was a, it was a time that God was renewing things in the children of Israel. And then 40 years later, you know, the original first time they came, they messed up, didn't go in the promised land. 40 years later, they go in. And then sometime later, after they've been there, 
through all the period of the judges, Samuel was the last judge, and then Israel said, we want a king. And God said, okay, give him a king. And Samuel was upset. He said, don't, don't be upset. He said, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. But then Samuel said, let's go to Gilgal. Let's go to Gilgal and renew the kingdom. And so Gilgal is an opportunity for us to see that God is wanting to renew the covenant, and he's wanting us to come and renew that covenant with him. His covenant with us never changes. What changes is that we pull back. When things happen in our life, we pull back, and we need to be renewing that on a daily basis. We need to be saying, Lord, I'm here. I want, I want all you have for me. I shared this morning in the prayer room with Jerry. Uh, Abraham, when Abraham and Lot split, Lot went to Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham, right after Lot left, God spoke to Abraham, and he said, look, look out from where you are. Look to the north and the south and the east and the west. And he said, I've given it all to you. Walk out among the length and breadth of the land. Everything you put your foot on, I've given to you. God wants to restore stuff to us. We're not supposed to just be the same person that we start out. God wants to restore the things that the enemy has taken away. He wants to give us the keys back, the keys back to the kingdom, the keys back to our lives. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy, but God wants to give you life more abundantly. So Gilgal was a great place. We talked about it last week, but then I, I want to make two more points before I go on about Gilgal. One is that it was a, it was a great opportunity for God to do something new. Both times the people went to Gilgal. The first time they failed, but when they came back, um, it, was a, it was a time to renew the covenant. And then when, when Samuel said, let's go renew the kingdom, it was a great time of renewal. But both of them had the same things in common. They were a place of a great failure, and they were also a place of a great success. And what the enemy does, he comes back. You know, you get free, you get success in your life, and the enemy will come back to that area. He'll take you right back to Gilgal, right where you had a victory, right where everything was hunky-dory, and he'll, and he'll start testing and checking and seeing, are you still being vigilant? Are you still staying the course? Have you gotten lackadaisical? Because if you have, it gives him an opportunity to come right back in. He'll just start taking those keys back. And the, the ground that you've gained, you can quickly lose if you're not vigilant. And, and it, you don't do it in your own strength, but you have to just be aware that the enemy is always trying to tempt you, always trying to distract you, always trying to, to whisper stuff in your ear that's a lie. And later, Gilgal became a, uh, a great city of idolatrous worship. So just think about that. Started out as a place for renewing the kingdom. Started out as a place for renewing the covenant. Started out as a place where they... They've set up memorial stones to remember this is where God rolled away the reproach of Egypt. This is where God changed everything and started us on this great path of the promised land. And then later, it became an idolatrous city. That's what the enemy wants to do. He doesn't give up easily. He keeps coming back, coming back, trying to take back what he's lost. So when we gain ground spiritually, it's a battle, and it's going to be an ongoing battle. Even when you win the victory, you have to still be vigilant because he will come back and he'll start saying, well, 
Remember the first time you were at Gilgal? Remember what you did then? That's what the enemy does. Because the things where we gain victory, we've also had lots of failures usually. And you'll come back and you'll say, yeah, you think you're different, but you're really not. You're still that same person. You still got all the same problems you had back then. And the enemy starts whispering. And if you start believing that, then you'll fall right back into the same stuff. And the enemy, is, it's all about lies and deception. He has no power over us except what we give him. But if he can lie to you, and if you believe the lie, then he has power over you. So everything that God says is true, everything the devil says is an outright lie or a twisting of the truth, and we need to believe what God says. If you believe what the devil says about you or about someone else or about your circumstances, you're, you're going to be deceived. And you're going, to be, you're going to be in trouble. We need to believe what God says. So the enemy's always wanting to remind you of your failures. And he also will he'll take advantage of your successes, too, if you let him. Because he can work it either way. But so can God. God's redemption is so great. And uh, man, I tell you. If, you, if you just begin to think about what God has done in your life, how much God has redeemed you, how can you not get excited about that? And yeah, the devil will come back and remind you of all your past failures, and you can say, yeah, I was like that, but I'm not like that anymore. Look at me now. Look what I'm doing now. I'm walking with the Lord now. Things are different in my life. That's what God does. He redeems us. He takes away all the bad stuff, replaces it with his stuff. And those failures become, they become success stories for us. So whereas I used to be that way, now I'm this way. I like that. I don't want to be the same way that I've always been. I want to be changed every day. And that's the beauty of it is that every day it's an opportunity to start over again. Every day you can say, Lord, here I am. It's a new day. Your mercy's new. My mess-ups are new, but I'm going to put them before you and let you forgive me and heal me and cleanse me, and I'm going to go on. And if you'll do that on a daily basis, the Lord will just bless you and he'll pour out a spirit on you and you'll begin to realize you don't have to be always beating yourself up about the past. Don't live in the past. And don't live in the future either. Live right now. Because that's, this, is where, this is where God is. Right here, right now. That's what Jesus said. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Right now. Right now is when we need to realize who God is and what he's doing in our lives. Okay, so today I want to talk to you about a few more areas where God is renewing and restoring. And we're going to talk about renewing our minds in, a, in the next week or two, but as I was uh, preparing for this, I realized that God is not just renewing our minds or, or our souls or our spirits, but he's renewing everything in all of creation. As God's people began to rise up and say, I'm going to claim what's rightfully mine. As we begin to do that corporately, God can restore things. Psalms 104, verse 30. You send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. Renew the face of the earth. And that word renew means to turn... And if you want to read it this way, you say, you send forth your spirit, 
They are created, and you renew and turn back the earth. You turn back the earth. We talked about restoring our souls in uh, the 23rd Psalm. It says, you restore my soul. It means to turn back. And so I believe that the Lord is saying, I'm going to turn back your soul towards what it was like originally when I created a soul in Adam. I'm going to make it a little bit more like its origin. It's not going to happen all at once, but I'm turning it back that way. So it's becoming more like it was originally. And every day as we pursue the Lord, every day as we give him a chance to restore us or turn our souls back, we become more and more like we were created to be. God wants to do the same thing with the entire face of the earth. He wants to restore the earth. He wants to give us the keys to the kingdom, and he wants to begin to restore it so it's like it was supposed to be originally. How many of you like working and toiling by the sweat of your brow and fighting thorns and thistles and briars all your life? Oh, yeah, I'm in for that. No. We want it to be like it was originally, where Adam and Eve, they had a beautiful garden. And God didn't say, go out there and work by the sweat of your brow. He said, I've given it all to you. Just tend the garden. And I don't know what it means to tend, but in my mind, I think it just means to hang out and enjoy it, you know. <laughs> Eat the fruit and enjoy the stuff that's going. They didn't have to plant it. God planted it for them. God caused it to grow. God caused it to be fruitful. I, I'm into that kind of tending. I garden a little bit, and uh, that, I don't tend like that. It's, it's a whole different kind of tending that I do in the garden. But I'm telling you this, though. God wants to begin to restore and renew the face of the earth. Turn it back to where it's more like it was originally. It may not ever happen in, in its completeness in our lifetime, but, it's, but God is doing that. As we, as his people, begin to rise up and be the body of Christ, God can restore things more and more and more. In our body... God can restore things. And then when we, get, when we get filled and healed and whole and we're starting to be mature believers and we're starting to operate in the gifts of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit, it'll begin to spill out of this building and it'll go down to the neighborhoods and down to the, down to the community and other churches. That's how revivals start. God restores it a little bit at a time. It starts somewhere. And God is renewing the entire face of the earth. But it's got to start somewhere. It's got to start with you expecting God to do what he said he would do. If you don't expect him to do it, even if he does it, you wouldn't notice it. There have been times in my life that I've, you know, I've, I struggled financially, and when things got better, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, this is great. This is better. And I didn't even realize that God was restoring my finances he was turning them back like they were supposed to be originally. All the things I'd messed up, all the things I'd done wrong, God was restoring it a little bit at a time, a little bit here, a little bit there. Relationships that are broken, God restores them a little bit at a time. You know, it, it might be a main breakthrough, it might be something small, but God restores those things. He wants to restore everything in our lives, not just your heart, not just your mind, not just the inside of it. He wants to restore your stuff. I mean, God is very, he is very thorough. His redemption, it's about everything. Amen. There you go. Wow. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Don't ag me on Todd in here. So the thing is, 
We are designed to be a blessing to the world. That's what Abraham and his covenant with God was all about. God says, I'm going to bless the entire earth through you. And in blessing, you're going to be a blessing. So we are in that covenant. That's a covenant of promise. We're part of that. So God uses us to restore and renew, turn back the entire face of the earth so that it's more like it was intended to be. I believe that's what God wants to do. He wants to keep restoring. And part of that is only going to happen as we rise up and be God's people like we're intended to be. If we walk in the Spirit, we will live in the Spirit, and we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And we begin to do that, God can use us. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, then things will happen in our lives. Everywhere we go, that light will flow out of us. And people will look at us and they'll see that there's something different about us and they'll want to know what's going on. When you witness to people and you tell them about Jesus, if you've been nice and you've been kind and you've been generous and you've done all the kind of stuff that believers are supposed to do, those people will, will listen to you. They may or may not accept what you're saying, but they'll at least listen to you. But I'm telling you, you can witness all day long, but if you go around mad and rude and hateful and bitter griping and complaining your testimony is not going to have very much credibility because we're supposed to be different the world can do all those things we're supposed to be different we're supposed to be changed we're supposed to be like jesus and jesus was kind and gentle and humble and he was quick to forgive he extended mercy and grace. He gave everything for us. That's the way we ought to be. We ought to be givers and lovers, not takers and abusers and grumblers and complainers. The disciples asked Jesus what's uh, more or less what they were saying is what's in it for us? <laughs> And in Matthew 19, Jesus said, Everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. So he's saying, you're going to get a blessing right here and now. It's not all about eternal life, although that's wonderful and great. That's like the icing on the cake. But right now, you're going to get a hundredfold. Everything that you've given up for me, you get a hundredfold blessing right now. Yeehaw. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. So when we, when we give to the Lord, whether it be our time, whether it be our, our, uh, our physical labor, whether it be our finances, whatever we give to the Lord, He can bless that a hundredfold and return it to us. That's a good deal. And that's what we get right now. Plus, we have eternal life waiting for us forever. You can't beat that offer. Here's a verse that I really love. Lamentations 5, 21 says, Turn us back to you, O Lord, and we will be restored. Renew our days as of old. So that turn us back to you, that's the same word in the original language as uh, he restores my soul. So what he's saying is turn us back to you and we'll be restored or we'll be turned back. 
Jeremiah said, and this is Jeremiah in Lamentation, but in, in uh, Jeremiah he said, heal me and I'll be healed. Save me and I'll be saved. I mean, there, there is something to God turning us back. When we begin to get our eyes on him and say, Lord, turn us back. Turn us back. I don't want to be like I am now. I want to be changed. I want to be made new. Renew our days as of old. That means to make new, repair, rebuild our lives. And our days, that's our time. Our time here on the earth. God wants to renew it. He wants to turn it back. He wants to make it whole. He wants to repair it and rebuild it like he created us to be originally. Our days are not supposed to be days filled with I'm miserable and everything is going wrong and i got all these problems. And Our days are supposed to be filled with joy. They're supposed to be filled with goodness. God's goodness abounds towards us. Why don't we have some goodness coming out of us? Goodness ought to be coming out of us because God's goodness is abounding towards us. Freely we have received, freely give. Hallelujah. Renew. Make new, repair, rebuild a right, a firm, a steadfast, established life in us. That's what God wants to do. God wants to turn us back and renew us so that we'll be the way that we're supposed to be. And that we as his people will be the way we're supposed to be. We as his people are the reason that we've got all these problems right now in our nation. Because we have failed. It's not the unbeliever's responsibility to do the right things. It's God's people. I'm sorry if you don't like that, but that's just the truth. We failed. We failed, just like the children of Israel failed, just like the kings of Israel failed, just like uh, all of God's people have failed at one time or another. But he doesn't want us to stay in that failure mode. He wants to get us into the redemption mode. He wants to get us into that turn back mode where we're beginning to be changed, that we're beginning to get back to where we're supposed to be, that we're beginning to operate the way that he intends for us to operate. And for you and me, that means that we're supposed to be walking in the fullness of the Spirit. We're supposed to be operating in the authority and the power that he's given us. He said, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. Go, and, and preach the gospel, make disciples. And I'm with you always. And he said, I've given you power over all the power of the enemy. Nothing is going to hurt you. I've given you power to tread over serpents and scorpions, over all the power of the enemy. We should be operating in authority and power. And as God's people, we determine the course of a nation. It's always been that way. It was that way with the children of Israel. It's been that way throughout history. As the people of God go, so goes the nation. And if the people of God are, are lackadaisical and they're compromising, they're not praying, they're not seeking the Lord, they're not preaching the truth, they're not standing up for righteousness, then the nation is going to go down. And it happens, it never happens all at once. It's always a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. You make one little new law, then you make another little new law, you make another little new law, and every time it builds on the previous thing. But God wants to restore it in that same way. He wants to set us free, and he wants to begin to renew, turn us back a little bit here, a little bit there, 
a little bit here, a little bit there, until we're back more like we're supposed to be, like he's created us to be, as his body, where we're flowing and operating in the power of the Spirit, and the authority of the kingdom is operating in and through us. Then, when God's people go to the polls and vote, things will happen. When God's people begin to pray, things will happen. When God's people begin to say, no, we're not going to stand for this. This is an abomination. God's word says so. We're not going to allow that in our nation. When we begin to stand that way, God will honor that and God will do things. But if, if, we, can't, if we can't get our acts together as the body of Christ, there's so much division in the body, we're not going to ever see God do what he wants to do like, like we ought to. We have to begin to operate in unity and love, and we have to begin to restore our souls, let God restore us so that we can begin to do the things that we're supposed to do. It's just a little bit at a time, little bits and pieces. I read a book this week that uh, really stirred me, and a guy was talking about, um, he said, the reason that we haven't changed our world like the early church did, is because we don't believe we can. And he said, I believe that we can. We can do it in little, little bits and pieces. He called it holy moments. He said, you know, when you, when you do something that pleases the Lord, that creates a holy moment. And you can do that every day. You know, do some, open the door for someone. Say thank you to someone. Smile at someone. Do something generous. Pray for someone. Tell someone about Jesus. Those are all good things. They're things we ought to be doing. As we do those things, more and more and more, it's contagious. Other people will see that, oh, they're doing something nice. Well, I, I might try that. And then somebody else will see that, and somebody else will try it. And first thing you know, everybody is beginning to do kind deeds. Everybody's beginning to share God's love with people. Everybody's beginning to go above and beyond. And when we do that, it becomes contagious. And when the whole world gets filled with people who are going around doing the right things for the right reasons every day, people will see that and it will be attractive. And they'll start saying, wow, they're different. That's what they did with the early church because they, they gave. They, you know, they were kind, they were generous, they were humble. They did all the right things because they loved God, and they just, they just responded. If we begin to respond like that, all the people around us would begin to find it attractive and appealing and intriguing. They'd say, hey, something's different about those people. Why are they giving me this? Why are they doing that? It really is intriguing. This guy mailed this book to me. I don't even know who he is. He wrote the book, published the book, and mailed it to me all free and said, I just want to give this gift to you. Matthew Kelly. I'd never heard of him before, but evidently he's a well-known author. New York Times bestseller, but I never heard of him. Why did he choose me? I don't know. But it was pretty cool because it fits right in with what we're talking about. One little thing. You can do one little thing. You might not think you can be holy or perfect or righteous or you can do all the things that God's calling you to do, but can you do one thing? Can you just start with one thing? Can you one day say, I'm going to do something kind today. Today, I'm going to tell someone that Jesus loves them. Today, I'm going to go out and I'm going to be kind and thoughtful and gentle. Today, I'm going to not be the same old grumpy slob I always am. I'm going to do it a little bit at a time. 
Maybe you can only have one moment that day, but that's better than you had yesterday. Maybe the next day you can have two moments. That's better than you had the day before. And maybe as you begin to have those moments and you begin to do that, maybe people around you will begin to do it and you'll get excited and it's like, wow, I want to do even more. That's the way God's people ought to be operating all the time, operating in the fullness of the Spirit and letting the Lord work in us and through us. Turn us back, O Lord. Turn us back to you and we will be restored or turned back. Renew our days as of old. Make our past and our future as it was aforetime, that which was before from the very beginning. Make it like it was supposed to be, our past and our future. God wants to restore us. He wants to renew us. He wants to make it all like it's supposed to be. Psalms 51, David, after he had made a horrible group of mistakes, and he prayed this prayer. He said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. That means we want God to restore and establish a, a firm spirit in us so that we're not, we're not just drifting and floating around and doing whatever, but we're established and we're firm and that God has restored us like we're supposed to be. David knew. He said, man, I know my, my inward parts, my inner man has been messed up. All of my thoughts and my emotions, they've been out of whack. But God, I want you to renew them. I want you to search me and know me, and I want you to, to create something new within me where I'm not like I used to be. I want to be turned back where I'm more like I'm supposed to be. That's what the Lord wants to do in all of us. But we have to be willing. God doesn't force himself on us. He makes it available, but he's asking us to come, just like he's always asked. He's asked us to come. In Adam and Eve, he said, where are you? He was asking them to come. Abraham, he said, here I am. I want to make a covenant with you. Will you come with me? All throughout history, that's God's, that's God's M.O. He has a plan, and he's offering it to us. He said, will you, will you just agree with me? Will you collaborate with me, let my grace do the work, but you just agree with it? Where do you get an offer like that? Where someone is saying, I'll, I'll not only make it possible, but I'll help you do it, and I'll oversee the process, and when you mess up, I'll just reinstate it all over again for you brand new, and I'll help you do it, and I'll help you do it over and over again as many times as you need me to. Nobody offers that to you. But God, but God wants to restore our souls. He wants to turn us back like we're supposed to be. And it's going to happen in us little by little as we pursue him and as we say yes. When he offers, we say yes. When we say yes, God does things. In Joel 2, it's a verse that was really powerful to me in my life because it uh, was very instrumental in me being restored back into ministry. But I found something new about it. That's the beauty of Scripture is that it is alive and it's powerful and it always speaks to us. So beginning in verse 12, 
He says, Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and nursing babies, let the bridegroom go out from his chamber, let the bride from her dressing room, let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar and let them say, Spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach that nations should rule over them. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? And then the Lord will be zealous for his land and pity his people. The Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil, and you will be satisfied by them. I will no longer make you a, a reproach among the nations, but I will remove far from you the northern army. I will drive him away into a barren and desolate land. With his face toward the eastern sea and his back toward the western sea, his stench will come up and his foul odor will rise because he has done monstrous things. Fear not, O lamb, be glad and rejoice. For the Lord has done marvelous things. Do not be afraid, you beasts of the field, for the open pastures are springing up, and the tree bears its fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their strength. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down to you, for you, the former rain, the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floors will be full of wheat, the vats will overflow with new wine and oil. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my army which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. My people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Now, I read all that to you because I want you to get the whole picture. It wasn't a good time in the land of Israel, but God was saying, I'm turning it back, baby. I'm fixing it. I'm restoring it. I'm making it new. It's going to be like it's supposed to be. And when it happens, you're going to be excited because good things are going to be happening. And all that stuff that's been eaten and destroyed and ruined is going to be restored. And that's when he's going to pour out his spirit. And that's what I'm talking about right now. In this nation, when we as God's people will begin to rise up and say, Lord, turn us back. Turn us back to what you want us to be. Let us rise up and be the people of God, filled with your spirit, operating in the power of the spirit. That's when God will do that. He says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. It's not just for a few. 
It's not just for preachers. It's not just for the big-time TV evangelists or whoever. It's for all of God's people. Yeah. Every one of us is supposed to be operating in the fullness and the power of the Spirit. We're all supposed to be turned back like we're supposed to be. I was reading that, and I read that, and, and uh, the part that I've always quoted and been so excited about is that God said, I'm going to restore to the years that the locusts have eaten. And I messed up in my life. I spent 25 years sitting on the sideline, not pursuing ministry. And one day a guy, dear friend that's a Bible teacher, said, you know, God wants you to know that he's going to restore the years. And I thought, you know, it's not too late. It's not too late. And it's not too late. It's not too late for any one of you. God can restore the years. He didn't say, I'm going to restore the stuff only. I'm going to restore the years. So all the time that you've wasted, all the time that you've been not doing what you're supposed to do, God can restore all that. He can turn it back so that you're like you're supposed to be. And I was reading some of the definitions of those words. And I'm just going to insert a few new definitions and read that verse to you again. I will bring you into a covenant of peace to be repeated again and again, over and again and again, a covenant of peace, whom the locusts have consumed. The devouring young locusts, the ravaging caterpillars, the devouring locusts, the insolent force, I'm going to send them all away from you. I'm going to send them away from you. They're not going to be eating you up anymore. They're not going to be consuming you anymore. You're not going to be devoured. You're not going to be losing. You're going to be winning because I am going to send them away from you. That's what God wants to do. He wants to deliver us. He wants to change our outlook on life. He wants to turn us back so that we're not just living in the past. We're not just living in failures, but we're living in the, the idea that we can be who God has called us to be. We can be victorious. We can be more than conquerors. He's going to lead us in triumph. He causes us to triumph. We are a new creation, and he's making all things new. It's not just a one-time deal, folks. It's an every day, every moment kind of a relationship. God wants to restore us all the time. He wants to renew us all the time. He wants us walking with Him, talking with Him. He wants to walk and talk with us. It's all a relationship. Wow, I'm getting excited. Psalms 19.7. I wasn't even going to use this verse because it didn't have the right word in it. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. But lo and behold, converting the soul, guess what? That's the same word, shub. It means to restore. It means to turn back. The law of the Lord is perfect. It'll turn back your soul. That's how we do it, folks. We begin to see what God says. You don't listen to what the world says. You don't listen to what the devil says. You figure out what God's saying. And when you begin to embrace what God says, it'll turn your soul back. It'll heal you. It'll change you. It'll restore you and make you new. And you begin to meditate on God's Word, and it begins to change the way you think. And then instead of being a failure and a flop, and you're condemning yourself all the time, you begin to say, no, I'm not that person anymore. I'm changed. I'm new. God's made me into a new creation. Man, if we can get excited about that. Every day we ought to be thinking, what an opportunity. I can walk with the Lord. I can know the very King of the universe, the guy who created all with the, just a word. Let there be light. And he created everything. He set it all in order with his words. By the power of his word, he keeps it all in order. That's for us. 
He's speaking those words into our life every day. His word is live and it's powerful, and he's speaking into our lives. When we begin to embrace what God says, it turns our souls back to like we're supposed to be. It doesn't just convert our souls. It makes them repaired and made new and rebuilt and restored like they were supposed to be originally. God's original intent. He wants us to be able to know him and walk with him in all the fullness of the Spirit. Worship team, y'all can come on back. <clears throat> Colossians 1, 19 through 20. It says, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. God wants to reconcile all things on earth. Reconcile means to make it right. He's going to balance the books. He's going to set everything in order. He wants to fix all of the stuff that's out of whack. God wants to reconcile all things. It's not just your heart, but he does want to change your heart. He wants to reconcile your heart. It's not just your past. He wants to reconcile your future. It's not just what we do here in this little building. He wants to reconcile all things. He wants to reconcile this nation. He wants to reconcile the whole earth. All of heaven and earth, he wants to reconcile all things and make them new. Yes. That's what he wants to do. And he's working that little by little by little in each one of us, day by day by day. And when we come together corporately, we come together as a group and we have a, a unified purpose and we all begin to seek the Lord that way with that kind of a mindset, there is power there that you cannot believe. Amen. Just like in the early church, when they prayed for 40 days and 40 nights, they were fasting and praying and seeking the Lord. When God poured out His Spirit on them, it was like nothing they'd ever seen before. The whole world was like, whoa, they turned the world upside down. Everything was changing because they had a unified purpose and they were seeking God and they were believing what God said <coughs> instead of what everybody else was saying. I'm telling you, if you listen to the politicians, you're going to be discouraged. If you listen to the media, you're going to be discouraged. You listen to friends and coworkers, you're probably going to be discouraged. You listen to God, you're going to get excited. Amen. Because God has a plan and a purpose for us, and it's a good plan. And he wants us to get on board with that. But that's the problem, is that we're afraid. We're afraid to say yes. yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's the honest truth. You know, we say we want to be changed. But then when God wants us to really let him change us, it's like, well, I'm not so sure about that part of me. I'm not so sure about that thing. I'm not really quite ready to give that up yet. Or, wow, if I do that, people might think I'm weird. And people might think I'm like Pastor Terry. <laughs> we have to be willing. God has given us the same offer he's always given his people. He's saying, would you come? Would you let me transform you? Would you let me change you? Would you let me make you the person that I have destined you to be? But we're so comfortable with our brokenness sometimes that we just won't, we just won't let him do it. Well, you know, if I, if I change, then I, I, I have to change. I can't be the same way I've been. 
I can't grumble and gripe and I can't complain and I can't throw fits and show my ugly side. If you think about it, that would really be a good thing if you change that way. We have to be willing, folks. God is willing. We got to be willing. Because it's, it, it is a relationship that we, that we share. He wants to work in us and for us and through us, and we just need to say yes and trust him. So as we, as we stand and worship, I just want to encourage you. Let the Lord speak to you. Areas of your life that, that you struggle with, this is an opportunity to say, Lord, you've revealed this to me, and I'm just asking you, heal me. Turn me back. Turn my soul back a little bit so that I'm like, I'm supposed to be. Let the Lord speak to you as we worship. Stand and sing. i uh-huh.
Well, I'm so glad that the love of God is jealous for us. I'm glad that His love isn't some wimpy kind of a love. It's not easily offended. It doesn't give up on us. Thank you, Jesus. If I were God and I were looking at me, I'd probably go, and I'd just run away screaming because it would just horrify me. But God looks at us and He sees, He knows all of, He knows everything about you, your deepest, darkest secrets, the things that, that you don't want to admit. You don't even want to admit it to God. He knows all that and He doesn't turn and run away. That doesn't scare Him. He's not offended by that. He's just saying, would you come? Would you come? I don't care what you've done. I love you. I want you to have a relationship with me. And I made a way. I made a way, and it cost me everything. I gave my only son so that I could have this relationship with you. Would you please just come? That's what the Lord is inviting all of us to do. On whatever level it is. Maybe you've, maybe you've given yourself to the Lord you know, 20 years ago or 40 years ago or whatever, but he wants us to every day come and say, here I am, Lord. I'm coming back to you, Lord. I want to renew everything again today. I want today to be a new day, a better day than yesterday. I want to know you more today. I want to live for you more today. I want to hear your voice more clearly today. I want to be turned back in my soul a little more today so I'm like you want me to be, Lord. If you've never known the Lord, if you've never made that prayer, that commitment to him, Today could be the day. Today is the day of salvation. There's no guarantees about tomorrow or next week or next year or later in life. If you don't know the Lord today, you ought to say yes to the Lord. It's simple. You just say, Lord, I know I need you. I've got things in me that aren't right and I know it, but you can make it right. And I'm asking, come, forgive me, live in me. I want to serve you. I want to walk with you. I want to know you. You pray that prayer, God will come live in your heart and He'll change you and make you a new creation. And you'll start this journey that we've been talking about where it's a daily thing, walking with Him. He wants to reconcile all things. It means He wants to restore them, take them back to their former state of harmony. Think about that in the garden. Everything was harmony. Man and nature, you know, man wasn't killing the animals and eating them. He was eating vegetables and fruit. The animals weren't killing each other. I mean, it was perfect harmony. God wants to turn us back to where we're back into that former state of harmony where we're not eating each other up every day and we're not being eaten up by the devil, that we're being restored, walking in the fullness and provision of God's care and mercy. That's what the Lord wants. Let's worship him now.
Hallelujah. Well, thank you, Lord, that you're calling us to the cross. Thank you, you're always calling us to the cross, Lord. Thank you, That's where you provided everything that we need in, in this life and in the life to come, Lord. You provided everything in your cross. We embrace that, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for making a new and living way so that we can come to the Father and we can make all of our requests known. We can come with boldness. We don't have to beg and grovel, but we can come with boldness and confidence because we know you will not reject someone who is sincerely coming to you. Thank you for that, Lord. If you need special prayer, We'll, we'll pray for you. We'll wear a mask or whatever. And, uh, but I don't want anybody to go out of here that if you need to pray and invite Jesus to live in your heart or if you need prayer for anything else, someone will meet you here at the altar. The Lord, seal this word in our hearts today. You are calling us, Lord. You're calling us that jealous love. You want us to know the depth and the width of that love that it cost everything for you to make a way for us. Thank you for that, Lord. Heal us today, Lord. Restore us. Turn our souls back where we're more like you intended for us to be originally. Every day, Lord, restore and renew us. Heal us and turn us back so that we become more and more like you every day. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. Go and be blessed. Have a great week. And a shout out to my friend Al. First Hawaiian shirt I ever had, Al gave me as a gift. Started something new in my life. And you know, we all need something new in our life. Amen? Amen. And sometimes it's someone besides the Lord that starts something new in your life. And I just celebrate all of you guys because y'all are all part of my life and you are a reason that I am who I am. Thank you. God bless you.